money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. That's good because this is the show where Dave and Reb talk about the hard issues around money. And we've got a great guest ahead of us, somebody who's been on the show before. But I, I guess we should do some housekeeping first. We'll keep it really boring. I won't have any pithy little comments here at the beginning. So you usually know, do have pithy usually little comments. I do, but today <laughs> we're getting right into it. So if you've listened to the show before, then you know where to pick it up. Uh, your favorite podcasting platform, Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, we're, we're, we're on them. And, and if we haven't heard or you haven't heard, or we're not on your podcasting platform, just let us know. Info it more than enough. Send a little note, and and we'll see what we can do about getting on that platform as well. And, of course, you can always access it on morethanenough.ca, chri.ca, and notmine.ca, our good friends over at uh, Financial Discipleship Canada. So those are, uh, those are the places where you can hear the podcast, share the podcast. Uh, if you've heard a really good one, uh, yeah, we, we always love the feedback. And if you have some uh, some topics, we're always kind of going, hey, is there a topic that you want to hear? We we actually do the podcast because we love doing it, but we like to talk to the <laughs> topics that, that you have, too. So, so there's the housekeeping all out of the way. And I do want to say there are millions of podcasts out there so that you listen to us. We are very grateful. Mm-hmm. We don't take that for granted. And I... I sometimes say to Dave, I can't believe people actually listen to us. So (laughs) I don't know if I listen. I shouldn't say that then. Maybe I wouldn't listen to me. I'm not even going about listening to you. I'm not going there. But you know who I would listen to? I would listen to our guest because our guest is Brent Vandermeer from Crosspoint Financial. And he is our friend and our brother, not you know, not like blood brother, but you know what I mean. And um, he has lots of financial wisdom and we love to have him on the show. We haven't had him on in a year. We were just saying it was just before COVID hit that we did have him on, I believe. So we are going to have um, him and good morning, Brent. Good morning, Dave and Reb. You guys always make me smile and laugh when I when I hear you talk. It's great to be here. I hope that's a good thing. Anyway, it I want, absolutely is. Okay, I don't. Maybe I don't want to know. Um, um. So we asked Brent, and he's here today, and he's here next week because we're going to talk about what's happening in the markets, and um, I'm going to try and decipher what he says, and so help us understand what's happening today's show. Actually, we want to focus. Actually, we're going to start with what's happening. Um, and um, we want to look at a couple actually themes, what's changed and what hasn't. And also the issue, what should, pe- should people be doing differently and what shouldn't they be doing differently? So we're going to dig into that a little bit to help us all figure out, you know, has COVID, it's changed the world. Yeah, I was just reading this morning about what Japan's going to do about the Olympics. Like, that's a whole big you know, thing that we would have never imagined we'd have to consider two years ago, but we, we, they, as a country have to figure that out. So um, lots of things happening as you all know, and are experiencing. So, but I do want to, um, Dave actually picked the verses for this morning. 
Can you imagine? And um, Dave and I, some of you already know this. We've read a great book. It's called Living Life Backwards. Highly recommend it. It's on the book of Ecclesiastes. has changed my some of my thinking this year and really encouraged me. And I've grown to actually love the book of Ecclesiastes and understand it in a way I haven't. So this morning, we're going to back, back to Ecclesiastes 3. And I'm going to read a whole bunch of those verses um, because there, there's a season for everything. And the first verse in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And what struck me just reading it this morning is it's not a time for our purposes. It's a time for every purpose under heaven. God ordains the purpose. And we're in this season that, uh, Mm -hmm. as Dave reminded me this morning, we're living uh, a part of history. We always live history. But this piece, like we read about the Spanish flu today of 100 years ago, You know, maybe if we're still, people, our kids are still around, they're going to be talking in years ahead about those years of COVID-19. And it's a season. It's not forever, but the seasons are changing. And scripture says there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. There's a lot of weeping and mourning, I think, uh, as well. But um, we're reminded that there's also laughter and dancing. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, which is a very pointed verse this morning uh, with our six feet rule. A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit has the worker from that which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. God has made everything beautiful in its time, and he has put eternity in their hearts except that no one can find the work that God does from beginning to end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor, for it is the gift of God. Those verses are actually quite precious and pointed um, and poignant. You know, I'm thinking of verse 6 as I read it, Brent, uh, a time to gain and a time to lose. I don't know if some people are gaining in the markets these days or losing, but um, according to the word of God, there's a season for it all. So, I agree. that That's a great verse. But the one that stuck out to me as you were reading it there, Reb, was um, the the time to re- rejoice and, and to do good. And is that, that to me, no matter what it is, whether it's gains or losses or things look good or not, but if in our heart we are uh, prepared by God's grace to rejoice, no matter the circumstances, and then to do good. Like what a what an interesting encouragement, a great encouragement during tough times like this, where yeah, finding ways to do good is. Uh, I know at Cross Cross Point, that's that's one of our main objectives too. Is is to find how do we in this world of finance bring some good to the world? Mm-hmm. And many people might think that's not possible. We 
disagree. I think there is, right? And that's why we love to partner with you both and uh, finding ways that we can bring good to Ottawa and all of those that have been uh, become clients of the businesses that we run. Because I would think, you know, I guess as people here, you know, financial advising and markets, I guess there's mm -hmm. a perception that each individual has about what that looks like and what does that mean? And it might be good, yeah. it might be bad, it might be indifferent. So um, I think yeah. it's a good word um, for people to hear that you as a, as a financial company want to do good that and you do do good with what you have. Yeah, that could probably be a show unto its own. Just this <laughs> growing sense of the of the corruption and evil in in markets as a whole, and capitalism, and mm -hmm. and without going too far into that, I think I think there's a lot still that is so good in our systems that we've built over hundreds of years. There's a lot of bad and a lot of social injustice and wrongs, right? And that, but that at the same time, we've been so blessed by the systems that, that, that we work in. And just a quick kind of Cole's notes on that. The whole point of the markets at the end of the day is to efficiently connect people who have extra savings, extra capital with those who need it, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's a business that's growing and needs funding, they're really quite efficient systems at connecting those groups of people across millions and millions of people in the markets, right? And at the end of the day, that's what we try to remember is mm -hmm. we're trying to look at what are the businesses and things that are growing that we want to participate in funding the capital or connecting the capital to those businesses. And if they're growing and doing well, that's not a corrupt thing. That, that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. The problem is like anything in our world, it there is wrong. There's bad stuff going mm -hmm. on and it's and there's greed and we see a lot more of that now. And just all-out crime that uh, infects all area of our lives, and the markets are no different from that. I think the average listener should probably remember, though, that our own emotions are usually a bigger part of dictating our experiences in the markets, mm -hmm. and whether we make good decisions or bad bad decisions, to be blunt, um, dictates whether we think markets work or don't work, whether investing works or doesn't work. And I think far too many people have, have come to a conclusion that might actually be false, that it doesn't work because we've been victims to our own um, emotions, whether during good times like we're in right now and greed sets in or in bad times and fear sets in and we end up buying and selling at the wrong times, which then lets us conclude because of our own experience, mm -hmm. not necessarily because of the truth overall, that this doesn't work, right? And that's something that I think we try to help people understand and a good advisor helps people walk through and make solid sound decisions, even though our own emotions might be telling us to do something other. Wow, that that's profound. We mm -hmm. could have a whole. Yeah, I know. We are having a whole show. <laughs> we could talk more about yeah. this. Well, yes, and I, I, guess. And I don't. Dave will probably chime in in a minute, but I'm thinking, you know, even mm -hmm. in our coaching and the training we get as coaches, when we hear people and we're listening to people, we, you know, you're you're asking questions like, well, is that a limiting belief? You know, is your experience in the market now limiting your understanding and it's now affecting your decisions going forward in the market? And, um, you know, mm -hmm. that's a really you guys are at a very, uh, you know, great crossroads for a lot of people, I'm sure, to help them discern those things. 
Oh. Yeah, that's right. We it, it's that sort of there's well there there's only one there's two decisions one outcome you either buy or you sell right <laughs> so we really as you as you point out that's a directly at a crossroads mm-hmm. and and you know we we seek wis- wisdom and insight uh, we work hard at research and understanding but to say like what are we going to do it's either in or out yeah own or don't own across a lot of different assets, right? But, uh, and and as we'll talk about, you know, the pandemic has changed a lot of that and the way that we view businesses and what will do well going forward or what maybe won't. And and yet some of those things haven't changed as well. There's mm-hmm. still that sort of time-tested truisms that will exist no matter what we, we might be told right now of this time it's different, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I guess we'll just direct you to have this conversation with us. What what is happening in 2021? Like, have things changed? What's have you seen over the year? Is there a summary you could give us about what's been going on? Yeah, uh, as quick as possible. I guess I could try to do that. We, I mean, it's funny. We did. You're right. In the intro, you said we were on the show together in the station. Uh, I think late February, mid February. I'm not exactly sure, but like weeks before the pandemic hit, and uh, I don't remember. We were we were talking a little bit about it back then, and in terms of our investment research, Jan, January and February, we were watching what was going on in China and thinking, hmm. Is this going to be like previous ones where it sort of stays contained, but the but the steps that were being taken were pretty dramatic, like lock lockdowns of cities and things, mm-hmm. and you weren't quite sure is this is this going to happen here? And he kept saying, no, it won't happen here, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were pretty cautious though then, and 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 still are to this day, where you know. We, we had a lot of hedging in the portfolios, different assets that wouldn't be affected by the stock market. But then the quickness of the collapse that occurred in March as, as the shutdowns took hold, in one sense, were scary. Many people will still remember that. Um, but in one sense, they were so quick. I don't think people really captured the dramatic effect because in a way it happened during the month of March. And a lot of investors are very statement oriented. Look at my February statement, my March statement, and I maybe not look at my March one. So look at April. And what happened was the recovery occurred so quickly that a lot of people missed the dramatic, like it was a 30% drop. First point I want to make though, I guess is that was a fascinating thing for me to look at because the market, while many people think, oh my goodness, the panic doesn't make any sense. And that 30% drop ended up being shown to be exactly spot on accurate with what the earnings drops were of most businesses across the market. And it meant that the market back in 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 March was actually pricing in this drop in earnings, drop in growth, and using you know typical valuation methods of a stock of a business, it was accurately pricing in what the earnings drop was going to be. And we only saw that later on, months later, when earnings started to come in. And and I'm not a big proponent of saying all the time the market is efficient and always knows, but in this case, it was actually quite good. It was it was interesting to see how accurate the masses of people and most of them very smart, smart people priced in what was likely going to happen. The other side of that coin was as as uh, April and May and June sort of came along, the recovery was probably the fastest we've ever seen too. So shortest sort of drop, almost like what we call a V-shape, right? Which we were not expecting mm-hmm. in the beginning of the crisis. Most of us thought this is going to be a long drawn out thing. Um, but a lot of that was just because the central banks stepped in 
in in a way that we hadn't seen since post 2008 global financial crisis and you know some of us i think again by the grace of god we we had in our investment committee meetings and that said they're probably going to play out of this exact same book that they did post 08 crisis and that is central banks step in they quote print money they create money um, and they buy debt out of the system that puts nice clean cash into the system and eases concerns around debt repayment. And that cash sort of trickles in into the market and eases concerns about liquidity, basically. Mm-hmm. Will I be able to pay? Will, I, will a business be able to get lending and borrowing, I should say, to um, to grow? And that liquidity permeated the markets and caused you know prices to come back up again. And, uh, and so by the end of the year, it was fascinating to see. Uh, we had returns for most clients. The markets had returns that were a lot stronger than we would have expected at the beginning of 2020 but not necessarily across the board. And that's where I think when you ask what has changed, uh, certain themes accelerated throughout throughout the year. The, the whole idea of um, innovation and the disruptive themes and tech and artificial intelligence and the e- electrification trends and autonomous driving and robotics and different things like that. I mean, even us right now recording a show where we used mm-hmm. to be in person, now we're over the internet waves in our own homes. I mean, just this massive acceleration of trends that were there before, just at a much slower rate, have now been accelerated and brought to the the present um, much faster than we would have thought. And businesses that capitalized in those areas, their their prices, because now their earnings power is going higher and higher and higher, the prices of those businesses have gone higher and higher. And that created a sense of a bifurcation of the markets in 2020, where those types of companies did really, really well. And a lot of the traditional businesses, whether it was hotels or tourism or food industry s- services, all of that did not do well. Um, and uh, so you might see sort of a top line picture of, oh, the market was up 10%. That's not the exact number, but uh, that does that really was skewed by the top 10 to 20 businesses that did really well mm-hmm. and a huge number of them below that that did not do very, very well. And that's also another important point I just wanted to make clear that a lot of people said, oh, the market isn't pricing in what's going on in the real world. When you dig into it, you realize, no, it was. Mm -hmm. It was just the top line number was being skewed by these tech businesses and growthy names. But really, the majority of the businesses were down and negative, accurately reflecting the circumstances we were in. So you can't just look at the top line figure. You have to dig into it and really understand what what is happening behind the scenes. And and I think that's a... A little bit of a comment of what's happening in our own lives individually, right? So, you know, when we talk about just bringing that back, a lot of us have experienced uh, change. Let's just say as a, as a kind of a global, you know, we've experienced change. So some people lost their jobs. Some people, you know, were, were hey, I had a few Zoom meetings, or a few virtual meetings with some clients. Now I'm doing every meeting with, a, with every client or, you know, again, in terms of how it affected us personally. And it is it is totally fascinating to see that reflection of actually the change that's going on in my own life is actually going on in the markets. It's actually going on in in kind of the world out there. And as we we started the show, some of it is really good, and some of it's not so good. And um, you know, 
again, just kind of linking the two and, and I picked up on, on at the beginning, just, you know, how can we, um, maybe we're in the top 10%, how can we be looking at helping? How can we look at connecting uh, what the resources we have to, to say, hey, there are people uh, and businesses and I'm going to bring it right down to the people, uh, you know, other people, our neighbors that, that are struggling that we can go, you know what, uh, uh, let's, let's, let's reflect what's actually going on in, in the markets, but let's just do that, bring that right to home and say there may be an opportunity for, for some of us to be able to say, yeah, how do we help? What, what can we do to, to take care of our neighbor and, and to meet that need uh, as, we, as, as it kind of mirrors what's going on in the world around us, right? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because greed is, uh, <laughs> it's easy, right? Uh, you know, uh, going, hey, the, uh, I, I, I just think they so often um, the ship goes with the current, and if we look at this current and say, you know, if I don't do anything, I'm just going to go with whatever. And if I'm on the, the one side where there's, there's more, then I'm going to gravitate towards green. And if I'm on the other side where there's not enough, then I'm going to be in a place of lack. And, you know, again, both sides need to re- respond to that change. Right? So if, if things have changed like this, what does that mean for the market? I just want to go like, what does it mean that these diversified technology, 10% businesses who are cutting edge are increasing, but the hotels, the tourism, it's not like, how does that affect the overall rhythm of, of the market? Well, I think the, I mean, there's bigger sort of conceptual topics there about what is creative destruction, what happens to these companies in time. I, I, I'm still sort of in this camp that, that this too shall pass and we'll get through it. And those companies that are well capitalized will stay there and stay strong. They may change, maybe less, right? There may, but the idea of getting back to staying in hotels and traveling, like it'll be, it'll be less and it'll be a slower rollout than I think people might've thought. There was a big uh, sort of consensus, I think at the beginning of this year that, you know, the reopening story was going to just cause markets to keep going higher and higher and higher for these other companies, the kind of like a catch up effect. Um, Personally, I'm of the view that I think that's going to be longer than we would have originally hoped for. And also somewhat of a muted effect, too. Like, there is a lot of cash on the sidelines, a lot of savings. And again, this is of the people who are in that uh, socioeconomic status that can have savings, right? And Mm -hmm. and I want to be careful not to... uh, ignore the plight and the real struggle of people who who are just trying to get by and so recognizing even in in my world and where i come from i'm working with people who have excess savings right and they Mm -hmm. that's another bifurcation or split right that the people that we work with have had more savings in the past year because of lack of travel and um, Mm -hmm. the usual things that they would have spent money on now they funnel it into their houses and (laughs) renos and other that we get onto that a whole other topic and the craziness there we're guilty of charge (laughs) but yeah who isn't i am i am too i am too but that's a whole other bubble we can get into that one in another show too but but just so understanding where our perspectives are is such mm-hmm. an important thing as we deal with money right especially as those like our business that that deals with people who are 
investing their excess capital, which on a global scale is the 1%, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So understanding that, but I think I'm, I'm going off topic, but to say a little bit there that that's important to recognize that, that we sit in the position of privilege that way. And and there's so many, Dave, you were talking earlier about what we can do, right? And I don't know, I don't say this to, to pat ourselves on the back in any way, but for me, it's been so hard this year to figure that out as we've had to isolate. Like, you know, we can't go down to the, the, the food kitchen or the the sorry the the food cupboard or the local food bank or the soup kitchen or whatever it, we used to do um but we've tried to find small ways you know like we we're trying to reach out to our neighbors a little more and do some chatting saying anything we can do to help you know or um i i, I heard of a school right close to where our office is that apparently has so many more kids like this is a public school in ottawa so many kids were not getting fed when the school was still in session and um i think there was something like a 30 percent increase in their need for food and you know so for us as a business we thought i just contacted the school right and said anything we can do and it was really a matter of in this case writing a check so re redirecting that say hey can we just help help out that uh, uh, school that, you know, needs these kids to be fed so they can learn. Um, and just other things like that saying, you know, on, on people, this may be more important for people who are listening, uh, you know, stocks are up a lot in value. And one of the things that Crosspoint's been trying to do is encouraging people to say, hey, maybe part of your giving strategy might be to give appreciated shares of a of, of something that you own there's mm -hmm. a lot of tax efficiency that comes from don't don't give cash from your bank account take those shares and the government has said no capital gains right when you donate those shares how can we help you do that as a business and what i love about that is that's a countercultural thing because a lot of finance companies talk about oh yeah we want to help people be generous but when it actually comes to seeing assets that you manage and are paid on to manage leaving your business <laughs> most don't actually do it right yeah. so i've been really keen on saying no, no no we want to be a business that says let's see if we can get money out of our management and give it and do it in a tax efficient way and that's a real core core value of ours but again that was way off topic i think there, you were yeah. asking no, but, but i, I yeah. think this is important i mean we only have a yeah. couple minutes and we have another show and we can get to mm -hmm. some of the we'll topics we wanted to talk because this is important i think this is something on the lord's mind because he wants the poor and the needy and the orphan and the widow he said we'd always have them with us. Um, and how can we do that? Whether you have your $10 or your 100000 mm. it, it's zeros to God. It's just zeros. And you may think, well, this show doesn't have anything applicable to me because I don't have that kind of money. But you have, might have $10 in your pocket. And, and you can yeah. invest that $10 like anyone who has 100000 can in someone's life. And... Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a I, I think it's a very good point because I think it's and it's wonderful to hear of your business being able to do that. And and again, it's not like, you know, patting you on the back. It's just something you feel responsible in your walk with God for, which is uh, all we can all we can do is say, God, what are you asking of me in this season? Because right. it is a season, right? Yeah. I think those three examples, I, I, I tried to be careful in thinking through how to say it. They don't all involve money, right? One is, and they don't all involve me and the business. One is, I walk to my neighbor and I'm not giving money to my neighbor. I'm just checking in and saying, mm -hmm. how's it going? Like it, you got the kids at home or you're older and you're alone. Like just 
Anybody can do that regardless of the zeros. The middle example of us trying to give some money, yeah, that's out of the blessings that we experienced last year when many other businesses didn't. Can we give? And the third one of encouraging others to give in efficient ways is just saying, how can we pay that thinking forward? It's not us. It's other people out of their their blessings saying, how can they give? In an, mm-hmm. And it's us using knowledge around tax planning and different mm-hmm. advantages that might be there to, to encourage others to be generous as well, right? So I, I like that. It doesn't all have to involve money. It's out, what's coming out of your heart, right? That yeah. is the important part there. Okay, well, we better wrap up. Uh, <laughs> Reb said I was going to talk a lot, and I feel like I'm just watching you guys. So it's great. Uh, we are going to continue the conversation next week. So You can leave next is, week's discussion. No, it's all good. Uh, I'm not at all. Uh, it's no big deal, but we are going to continue it because this is so good. I mean, and, and we want to just do it. So, um, Reb, why don't you pray? And then we'll just... We'll just keep going next week. So exactly. tune in next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, I just thank you that we could have Brent and um, that you lead our discussion, that we have a plan of where we want to go, but your on your heart is generosity and giving and encouraging us to um, hold our hands wide open. So Lord, we just thank you for that encouragement this morning that no matter what's happening in our purpose, per- personal lives and it's reflected in the markets, you're still asking us to do what you always have asked us, to share what we have and uh, look for opportunities. So we just thank you and we pray your blessing on the rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, we hope that you do join us next week when we continue the conversation with Brent uh, from Crosspoint. Join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.